Giants season. Join us this October 1st through 3rd for our first annual Fight, Laugh, Feast conference. We are bringing a mix of beer and psalms, fellowship and food, and speakers who have been deplatformed by the evangelical elite and occasionally end up in Facebook jail. Step out of the boring, benign Christian conference circuit and step into the rowdy Christian world of engaging culture while standing firmly on God's word. Most conferences will lull your faith to sleep and teach you how to obey the 11th commandment, but our people, our culture, our country needs the high-octane gospel that applies to every area of our lives. So join us in Nashville as we fight, laugh, and feast together. Sign up now at fightlaughfeast.com, and we look forward to seeing you in Nashville October 1st through 3rd as we build a rowdy Christian culture for God's glory and our good. You know we at war with your gods, y'all. The flesh in the world gotta die. Hey y'all, welcome to Cross Politic Midweek Fix on the Fight Laugh Feast Network. It's good to be with you guys. Make sure you share the show, of course. What are you wearing? Right off the bat. Share what are the you show. Wearing? I'm wearing this G Money Fight Laugh Feast hat. <laughs> he said it G Money. The G Money. OG, old school. Man. So swagalicious. I what? walked I walked in this morning and I said, Hey! That's beautiful. Yeah, well, I walked in this morning into the studio and was wearing this hat, and and Knox looked at me like he was mad. He's he was, like, he was going like, to punch well, you. you got a hat? You got yourself a hat and not me a hat? He was going to punch your teeth down so far that <laughs> you're going to have to unzip your pants to eat it. <laughs> chew your food. That's Toby's yeah. newest favorite line. I almost pulled a Kirk Cameron. You, you, you dog-faced pony soldier. <laughs> Uh, hey. Well, hey, we, um, uh, just real quick conference update for you guys. Uh, we only have 50 seats left. 50 what? spots only left. 50 only, only, seats literally only 50 seats Gabe, I, I owe so, you another apology. <laughs> I, I owe you an apology, too. I, I, we exceeded I, my expectations wow. not for Knox, this conference. Knox and I, when he wanted to do a conference, we said, yeah, maybe a couple hundred people will come. We wouldn't even get half of what we, yeah. Oh, yeah, man, no. we're, we're pushing up, what, over 700? So, praise so, God, we got yeah. 50 seats left. Wow. Um, so, so I mean, if you, you want to get there. sign up yeah. now. It's going to, it's gonna. Uh, we're going to have to um, close it. Yes, we are. <laughs> That's amazing. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Praise God. Hey, with us on the line right now, Mr. Are you a doctor? My my bio doesn't even. Yes, okay, okay. He's a doctor. Doctor Mark. So, what do you Mitchell. think about the COVID? <laughs> <laughs> he served. He serves as chairman uh, for the government department for many years prior to accepting his current role as the dean of academic affairs at Patrick Henry College. He mm. teaches courses in political theory. He is the author of The Limits of Liberalism, Tradition, Individualism, and the Crisis of Freedom, Politics of Gratitude, Scale, Place, and Community in a Global Age, and Michael Polonier, The Art of Knowing. He is co-editor of Localism in the Mass Age, a Front Porch Republic Manifesto, The Humane Vision of Wendell Berry, and The Culture of Immodesty in American Life and Politics. He's also the co-founder of the webzine Front Porch Republic and in 2008 and 9, he was a fellow at the James Madison Program in American Ideals and Institutions at Princeton University. Dr. Mitchell, thanks for joining us on CrossPolitik. Thanks for having me. You have recently um, been involved in, I believe, the crafting um, popularization of an open letter to our fellow American citizens titled Liberty and Justice for All. Can you tell us about that letter and what you're hoping to accomplish? Yeah. Um this uh, came out of some conversations this summer. Um, I, I started calling people that I knew and uh, that, that, that are sort of connected in the political world, in the world of ideas. And, I, and, and as things seem to be unraveling uh, with, with uh, unrest and protests that were turning violent 
and very little um, creative response, it seemed. Uh, I, I asked people, what's 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 going on? What's what's the game plan for a kind of uh, intelligent response? What's the ground game? And uh, what I got was, well, there's, this is really bad things that are happening and not much is being done. Mm. So um, that prompted some more phone calls and and a kind of coalition of individuals got together and and uh, and crafted this letter as a way to uh, make a statement about what we think is important as American citizens. Uh, and it really is focused on institutions. We've inherited a, a series of institutions, a collection of institutions that are, at least as they've developed over the last 200 years, uh, have taken on a specific uh, American flavor. And, and we are convinced that those institutions, as imperfect as they are, uh, need to be shored up. And we need to, uh, as responsible citizens, do our best to, um, to, to fortify those. Uh, because if, if the institutions are destroyed, um, the very structure of, of, our, of our system, of our American system, is, is really lost. And, and so we're... This, this letter was sort of an initial foray, an initial statement that's going to be followed up with other essays and then then, then other activities that we're in the process of, of, of contemplating and planning uh, that will hopefully create a venue and energy for a, a kind of pushback against a sort of radical nihilism that, that sees only a kind of... Uh, uh, destruction as 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 a, as as a strategy, and, and, now, and that's it's not a good strategy. Now, no. now, Mark, um, uh, you know, I I, I did sign uh, the document, and, uh, but I still have, I mean, a lot of pushback here. It, it I, I get creating a statement that you want it to be broad enough, but you also want it to also be impactful. You want people yeah. to be a lot of people to be able to sign it, but you also want to have it not just be vague enough. Uh, for right. people to sign it, um, you know, uh, maybe talk to me about that process because I have a lot of follow-up questions around that. Yeah, well, um, some of it is is simply a strategic question, and that is, given what we see as a kind of uh, urgency, um, a a a revolutionary moment at hand. And that's how some of us are, are thinking about this, that there is a kind of a, a destabilization and a delegitimization of basic institutions. We need as a strategic point to think, how can we appeal to um, American citizens um, who, who are who see this as a problem, and and this can be left or right in terms of sort of broad coalition, Republican, Democrat. We're not trying to to be uh, break this down along party lines. There's a lot of I think what you might call old school liberals who yeah. are terrified yep. sure. of what's going on, yep. and so we want wanted this statement to be broad enough. Uh, and, and focus on institutions enough that that uh, we could bring some of those folks uh, in under this umbrella. Now, there's there's subsequent debates. You know, depending on where you are in a in a confrontation or a sort of long term operation, there's going to be kind of specific 
questions where there's going yeah. to be serious differences among a broad coalition. But it's really a strategic question, right? What what has to be done at this moment? And that's why we're we're trying to cast a pretty broad net. Okay, um, uh, that that's helpful. Uh, two two questions there. One is, have classical liberals signed it? So has actually any classical liberal put their name on it? Yes. Okay. And some who would not even think of themselves as classical liberals. Um, because you can think of sort of the old Reagan coalition right. consisting yeah. sure. of of classical liberals and, and sort of neoliberal economic folks and conservative social conservatives. Yeah. Um, yeah, plenty of those. But then there's also some that would see themselves as not part of that coalition, uh, sort of on the on that that have have gotten on. Not many, but I I hold out hope that. Others will. Okay, and then as a, as a Christian, you know, I, I would I would the the biggest issue I have with this is I don't think Jesus as Lord is mentioned at all in the document. Right. And as a Christian, that'd be like okay, well, that's you know one on one to me. I I want that as stated up front on the document that because the the only way our nation's really going to change, the only way these coalitions are going to um, have a change on the dialogue on the discussion, what's going on, is because Jesus is changing hearts and minds. Um, so why did why did we uh, why did you guys kind of it seemed like kind of dampen? Hey, the, you the you signed language. it, Gabe. I just want to point out you signed it, and I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna ask you, Mark, later why I signed it. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> yeah, I've got the answer for that one. The uh, uh, it's 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 uh, some of it again is, and this is this is some you know some very basic distinctions that Christians have been wrangling about for 2,000 years, and that is what is the relationship between um, King Jesus and and how do we think of ourselves as citizens, all right? And and really, this is a call uh, to citizenship, And, and we need, and sort of parenthetically, I would say, um, believers um, like you, Gabe, who signed the document. Uh, think of yourself as as a, as as a qualified citizen of the American Republic, and a sort of full fledged, uh, fully onboard uh, citizen of the heavenly kingdom of Christ. And but that doesn't mean that we don't have um, responsibilities to the polity in which we found ourselves, to which we've been called. And and uh, and I think that as as Americans, we can uh, be faithful citizens uh, and faithful Christians, always with the sort of understanding qualification that if the two ever come in conflict, we we there's no question where we go. And so in terms of of the American polity, um, something like republicanism or uh, the federal structure of our of our of our uh, of our polity. You know, it, it, can we derive that from Holy Scripture? Well, maybe. Um, it's certainly way more, um, has more immediate, you know, genesis from from you know, 19th century or 18th century political thought, Montesquieu and, and others uh, who, are, who are big players sort of in the background of our of our constitutional order. But but it, it isn't fundamentally in contradiction to. Um, Holy Scripture, and so as a, a kind of particular instantiation of structures that can move us towards justice, towards peace, towards the things that we all long for, 
they're good things. And we can, as citizens, I think in good faith, work to shore those up with the recognition that ultimately Christ changes hearts and and ultimate peace and ultimate justice is only going to be found when people turn to him. Um, so it's proximate kind of, yeah. of, of effort. Yeah. Now, yeah. I, I'm just, as you're talking, I'm just thinking that, you know, kind of along the lines of Gabe here, when you talk, the title is Liberty and Justice for All. And the biggest fight we're having right now is actually the definitions of those terms, um, especially the other side that is screaming for justice um, and for liberty and how they want to define those things seems extremely important. I don't, are you familiar? There's so, so this, it's kind of, you know, I was, as I was reading through it, I wanted to know how are we going to define those things so that it's clear what liberty is. It's clear what justice is because if you just walk into this space without yeah. knowing anything, it sounds like well, everybody's screaming for liberty and justice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a that's a a really good question, Mister Knox, and uh, and 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 obviously the 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 resonance that we're looking for with the liberty and justice for all is is from the the Declaration of Independence, or rather from the Pledge of Allegiance, and it's it's something that we all have sort of inherited in our sort of. Uh, in the in the in the uh, words that, that that we're really familiar with, and it resonates with all Americans. Liberty and justice for all—that's great. Uh, and as you as you quite rightly point out, the devil's in the details. What does it mean when we speak in these terms? And um, our one of our institutions that we that we insist upon is that is so vital is is uh, religious institutions. Now, that obviously, I'm sure, probably raises the antennas of all three of you. A religion, that's not what we need to talk about. We need to talk about Christianity, right? Sure. But, but here is one of the things, and I think this is a, 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 uh, a persistent um, challenge for the American system as we have it today, and that is, um, is, is the question of pluralism. At a very foundational level, that is, how much pluralism can a a political regime or entity um, handle, right? How how far can you extend the limits of pluralism before you undermine the integrity of the system? Right. I think that's a a, a live question right now, and 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 and, and pluralism goes to religious question, but it even goes to definitions of liberty and justice, right? How how much variation can we have here? And at the end of the day, and I think going back, and we're trying to hearken to the integrity and decency, uh, although there's problems with the American founding, it's not perfect, but they were on a good trajectory. And this is something that that Bob Woodson with the 1776 uh, project has pointed out, and, and, and people like Glenn Lowry and others, that that uh, um, the American system made possible the abolition of slavery. Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah. it, it, it led to that, or, or it, it didn't, it, it, it brought that about. It brought about eventually the, the, uh, the, the uh, abolition of Jim Crow, the civil rights movement. So there's, there's, there's a kind of, of, of aspiration towards forming a more perfect union that is built into an imperfect system, and we have seen 
some improvements and to simply say, well, it's all it, it's it's all unjust, as the sixteen nineteen project has suggested, sure. is is a, is not taking seriously the the aspirational uh, trajectory that that is rooted in uh, in the American founding, and so those kinds of things that I think we we need to to recognize the American founders. I get on my students sometimes. So I, they say, well, the American founders said this and that. Well, they're a group of people, and so finding what they all thought is is not easy, and there's a, a variety. But one of the things virtually all of them subscribed to was a, a belief that moral facts exist, that there's a moral structure to the, the, uh, the order that we have inherited, and those moral truths or moral facts are knowable and obligatory. There's and they would have justified them different ways, and some of them wouldn't uh, do do much with that. They weren't mostly philosophers, but there was an underlying assumption about a kind of moral integrity to reality, and 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 this goes is a long way to get to your question, Knox, and that is um, that is something that we need to uh, to 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 recognize the kind of what we might call and this this is something that that uh, you, you that, that some reform folks might push back on is a kind of natural law um, structure that can be understood in a variety of ways but that there is a moral order that is knowable by human beings and that we are obligated to order our institutions in accordance with Psalm, Psalm 19. Kind of, does that you know. throw any kind of fire onto? <laughs> it doesn't help, Knox. He's just shaking his head. He's just shaking I, I just his felt head. like I got a bowl of ambiguity. <laughs> what? Well, maybe let me let me let me let me jump in here. Okay, I, I'm, I'm, I'll let you for a second. You come back around. Um, are you familiar with um, Mark Hall's recent book? Um, did, Chris, yeah. did America have a Christian founding? Yeah. Um, one of the things I really appreciated it, and, I, and he actually, um, I think, laid out a wonderful case for pushing what you're saying actually a little bit further. Yeah. yeah. Um, and actually, I, I only had a quibble with his very last page and a half. <laughs> the very end of the book, I feel like he pulled back pulled a, a punch. A punch. Yeah. Um, the, the whole book, I think, points out um, strongly that it was actually um, explicitly, thoroughly Christian convictions that drove the founders to create what I would call a semi-pluralistic society. Um, and so it, it really did allow for a... a pretty a broad a breadth of religious expression it wasn't it wasn't a um you know capital t theocracy it wasn't a uh, a capital c you know christian top down kind of thing but it was ex the the principles were explicitly rooted in the triune god in in the christian faith and and then it's at the very end that he's he, he kind of he, he quibbles a little bit he sort of pulls it back a little bit but he gets through the end of it and i was like there we are. I mean, that, that's, you can't have democracy. You can't have, um, uh, freedom of speech. You can't have these institutions that we want without there at, at, in some way, I think, being grounded in the triune God. Wow. Um, why? Be because he's the one that's spoken to us in his word. Well, yeah, okay. and, and he's the one who created. I was accused of a ball of ambiguity. That seems to be the, 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 the coming right back. Um, why not free speech? Why not democracy? Um, I, just may just draw the, the connection for me. Tr triune theology. 
uh, is the necessary condition for democracy. Image, it, it'll just the image of God. The image of God. We're creating the image of God. Okay, I'm good with that. Right. So, but, but, we, but we we get that from Genesis one. Yeah. And the triune God is the one who spoke Genesis one. Fair enough. But but even in Genesis one, the Trinity is a very um, uh, vague concept, right? It, it it takes a kind of unveiling through. Uh, all the way through the uh, incarnation of Christ to get a really sure. good sense of that. Sure, just but, because but, the, the revelation have, is vague to us doesn't mean the truth is present in the scripture. Well, I'm just, I'm just gonna, let me just keep it simple. It's the the whole word. We have the whole word though. Now we have we have Genesis yeah. to Revelation now. And, and and I'm I'm, but I think that and and this is this is a, an interesting um, question that one of the the crucial. Features, and this is going back to, to Knox's question as well. Yeah. One of the crucial features for uh, liberty and justice for all is a proper philosophical anthropology, proper understanding of what a human being is. Yeah. And, and it does ultimately derive from uh, the claim that human beings have a kind of inherent dignity by virtue of uh, the, the creation. Yeah. Well, and, 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 the, and our founding documents acknowledge that. I mean, they, they explicitly acknowledge a creator. They explicitly yeah. rec, um, recognize divine providence. Yeah. Um, they, they, I mean, they, they explicitly recognize that there is a this transcendent um, yeah. and, I would say, arguably, Christian, uh, Christian God, God yeah. by virtue of, uh, at, at the very least, recognizing um, that presidents get Sundays off. And, the and, year of our and, Lord. And, 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 the declara- and, the, and the Constitution is signed in the year of our Lord. Um, and I mean, Hall says those are basic Christian um, uh, rec- you know, recognizing the basics of Christian, the reality of the Christian faith as being foundational without being uh, overly preachy. Yeah, um, and and when you refer to to the uh, the reference to the Creator in our founding documents, I'm assuming you mean the, the Declaration. Right, that's where it's explicitly referenced. Yeah, and and it's 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 explicitly referenced. Uh, four times in the Declaration, or God is, or Providence, and 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 we have this connection between the idea of rights and creation by God. Right, right, and that, and that's really all yeah. I'm I'm pushing for is is just that I think I don't think um, I don't think we have to be heavy-handed about recognizing that the that the these institutions that you. Um, that, that this statement wants to protect and defend, which yeah. I, I want to protect and defend. Absolutely. I, I don't think we have to be heavy-handed without, um, but I think we can still recognize that unless they're grounded in transcendent reality, grounded in, and I would, I would say, following the founding fathers in the Christian God. Um, then it's a subjective food fight. Then, then yeah, then we're, we're fighting over what, you know, what are li- you know, liberty for you is different for liberty for me, and justice for you is different for justice for me. The, yeah, I... This, this, I mean, Mark's book is is uh, um, trying to lay out. As you, all three of you, well know, there's there's a lot of scholarship about that that's trying to, in various ways, claim the founders for a side. Right? They're they're all Trinitarians. They're all whatever, or they or they're all secularists. This there's there's plenty sure. of literature well, for the Trinitarians, or they're deists or whatever. Well, yeah. fifty five out of fifty six were Trinitarian Christians. Say the number again. Fifty-five out of fifty-six, according to some, and and just look at the literature, and there is there's lots of debate about it. Mm-hmm. Sure. And 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 uh, 
but I, and again, I don't know how or if the, a strong and sort of well um, fleshed out Trinitarianism is necessary for a, the inherent dignity of the human person. Mm. Because I that, think that you, inherent it, dignity is necessary because of God. Yes. They're, 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 and, they have no inherent dignity unless. But he's he's saying like. God. But he's saying like maybe you can get that dignity from a Jewish uh, conception of God or something like that. That's what he's. Yeah, that, that you clearly can, and 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 uh, and so the the uh, underlying theology um, for for us Christians say yes, this is this is the way it is. I don't know if, and this is this is really an interesting question. How. Um, generalized and unspecified can the can can the uh, the version of of the deity be and still get to inherent dignity this is that's an interesting question and it and it, and it, it applies sort of to to some really big questions in our um, in our political debates today right? well I, I know this isn't we aren't um, necessarily going here but I guess my, my pre presupposition ebgbs just start going crazy when we start talking about some of these things you know where yeah. it's like we, we who's going to own the center the, is the question exactly well i mean the, the jewish god is a false god the mormon god is a false god the, you know it's like so yeah we can say we can derive inherent dignity mm-hmm. um but that logically but, but presuppositionally not, but not really doesn't yeah doesn't <laughs> doesn't work because the only inherent dignity dignity you can get is from the true Idols, idols can't give inherent dignity. Right, idols can't. But incomplete versions of of uh, revealed truth can give you something. And and really, what we're asking in, in political terms is how much do we need in order to get further down the road in terms of of liberty, justice, dignity. Yeah. And okay. I'm not sure that a full blown Trinitarian theology is necessary to get us some of those political. Um, uh, uh, traction that we need in order to make a case for yeah. dignity of a human person and so on and so much that comes from that. So I, I, maybe the phraseology that would make me feel more comfortable about describing this And we're all be, about making Gabe feel more comfortable. Yes, I do it Please, every day. Tell, <laughs> Please Mark, this is my feelings. <laughs> be careful. Um, is, is common grace. So I, yeah. I, I think, you know, common grace would, for me, better articulate What's going on with the the Mormon or the the Muslim across the road, where I can agree with, or he he understands he has inherent dignity, but it's because God is good and there's just common grace between us. So you only get common grace though from the Triune God. That's right. That's right. Because well, it gets us back there. But the, the common grace phraseology, instead of trying to find some sort of bandwidth of of uh, possible truth that could come from some sort of God that gets half of it right. And, but doesn't get the other half right. I'd I'd rather use the terminology "common grace" and all that. I don't know. Some of it again is is a, is a question, and and you all are sort of theologically inclined, which means you um, on these questions. And I and I and I kind of that you want to climb up to the source and then go downstream from the very the very yeah. um, the the very headwaters. And it seems to me that at some moments the sort of political necessity for coalition building may mean that you need to put your boat in a little bit downstream 
um, and and uh, and and you can you can derive plenty, or you're in the stream, even though you're not um, identifying or nailing down or or uh, visiting in explicit terms the headwaters. I wonder. Uh, maybe maybe uh, my, my one thought uh, would. I, my wonder, my one thought is, I just wish it feels like um, I, I can, I can get, I can get my head around that and my heart around that. I think um, though it would be great if we could at least start where the founders started. Uh, that would be my one request. The, the, the founders do not explicitly say the word Trinity or Triune God, though I think a strong argument can be made that that's who they're referencing yeah. uh, by and large. Lord, I, yeah. I just, I mean, I wish, I wish maybe um, you know we could at least start there. And, and, and not feel like we're, we're, we have to start even lower than where the founding fathers did. But maybe, but maybe I'm still being kind of idealistic. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> maybe. Um, again, I, I, this is the, where the founders start. I don't know if there is a, a, a single point that they do that all of them. You know, uh, I just mean the founding documents, though. The Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, you know, at, least, yeah. at least there. I mean, that's, that's their consensus document. Yes. Well, the yes, and the dec- or the rather the Constitution mentions the year of our Lord, which which can be seen as as either an explicit uh, Christian statement or just a a, 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 a kind of common uh, embellishment or identification. Right. I, I don't know if it if that doesn't seem to me or strike me as a kind of definitive argument for the deep Christian um, uh, consensus. The Declaration, lots of debate about that one, and it, it it's a uh, um, it's it's a. But I think if you take you take the rest of the content of like Mark David Hall's book, for example, though, I mean, the, the fact that you're calling for Christian days of prayer, the fact that Congress is, um, you know, you know, Give trying to th- th- thinking about getting the um, Bibles published during the Revolutionary War. I mean, yeah. I mean the the case that he builds, it it's pretty pretty strong that that yeah. it's you know the the whole um, the, they weren't trying to print Quran. Quran. Yeah, yeah, they, they, yeah, <laughs> they, they weren't printing Qurans. They weren't calling for you know yeah days of Muslim prayer. It was explicitly yeah. Christian prayer. It was encouraging people to go to church to be christian educated while yeah. while wanting to respect a a separation of powers yeah. and not having the 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 yeah. uh, church run by the state they wanted a true separation of those spheres but everybody in those in the spheres i mean um, by and large was assuming the christian god and encouraging people to go to christian churches and pray to the triune god i don't see yeah. why we need to pretend that that's not there okay let's 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 start with that toby and and uh, and 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 grant all that's true, which which I think by and large it is in terms of a cultural consensus. Where are we at now? And yeah. you have to um, recognize. It seems to me, if there's going to be any kind of consensus building that has the possibility of moving in a direction that is that is desirable, mm-hmm. you got to start where people are. And right now. The things that you talked about, the things that the American founders were were more or less in agreement about, and were saying, "Let's this, this is what we need," we're not there. Yeah. So what no, do you, what I, do you do that? Given the fact that culturally we are so much more unraveled sure. than they are now, how do how do we? What do where do we start? Where do we gain purchase to make that first step in a direction that is that is desirable? Well, I think I mean my. There's two two answers to that. One is I think again in the tactical on the tactical side of things and doing something today. I, I think my yeah. my thought would just be, I wish maybe you know some of in wound through this letter and maybe some of the work would be at least some 
you know, I think I don't think it has to be heavy-handed, but some light allusions to to, to the to the faith of our fathers. Um, okay. You know that you know some recognition that it was it was the Christian tradition that actually gave us these institutions. I think that would be glorious. That's and that's on the tactical level. Uh, on more principal, big picture level, how do we get there? I don't think we get there other than through actually explicitly saying y'all need to repent. I mean, you know, John the Baptist, you know, wasn't really a coalition builder. Yeah. And I know that it's a different, it's a different role. And I I know that what you're doing here is not the same thing as what preachers and pastors are called to. And I want to, I want to respect that difference. And at the same time, I think for Christians to realize where we are, I mean, this, I mean, we're, we're sunk. I mean, we're screwed. I mean, this, this, I mean, where we are as a nation, I mean, we're not kind of in trouble. We're in trouble. You can't I mean, be killing 60 million babies a year and, and not and, get to where and we're so at. There's, so there's a part of me that also says there's sort of a place for just saying, you know, people, um, you threw away all the blessings of God. You knew what you were doing. You despised yeah. your maker, and now you're, you're eating the desserts that, you know, the food that you cooked for yourselves, the pit you dug, you're yeah. in, you're at the bottom. And so, you know, here I am a pastor, so, I, you know, I'm, I've, I've got both those things I'm sort of holding together, and you say, yeah, that you're a pastor, that's what you would say. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> And I would say, uh, just real quick, uh, and, the Gabe's, reason, and Gabe's not a pastor. The, exactly, so <laughs> I can just say whatever, and then Toby rebukes me offline. Um, <laughs> Uh, the reason online. the reason why I signed the document was because of that question that you asked at the beginning of of this before Toby jumped in was where are we at now right yeah. Yeah. and so I I understand the document from that question yeah and and but the reason why I think you're experiencing mostly pushback from us is because generally speaking what happens is a conservative coalition or or uh, a group of people come together and want to put a consensus document like this together and then what ends up happening 10 years down the road is the conservatives actually get pushed the conservatives actually get blown by the wind and the liberals gain more ground no that's this is a, a quite right and it's been going on for uh, a while and one of the things that is the conservatives uh, have been really good at is things like writing a letter, starting a book club, yeah. starting a think tank, <laughs> yep. and, and and getting the funding for such things, yeah, and then and then losing, yeah, yep. Uh, and this is really actually one of the the questions that 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 I was asking early on um, in in sort of this project is. What's the, the the nitty gritty ground game? How do, how do you even and and it's and and I think this can be a, approached on different levels. You're right, Toby. At the end of the day, repent. Uh, it, it, sinners need to turn from their sin, and and uh, institutions need to be repaired, and all the rest. Um, but at a, at a political level, uh, when when things are seem to be sliding towards increasing disorder. How do you even uh, say, let's stop the disorder, Re- restore? It's good for Christians. It's good for the church to have order, mm-hmm. right? Um, and and, and it's, it's really good for everyone. And so how do we at that level simply say burning cities is bad? Right. <laughs> and that ought, to be res- that ought to be resisted. And we need to have a, a, a kind of pushback. The whole cancel culture that, that when people are debating with each other. Yeah. That, that they are that they're shut down or silenced um, if they don't say the the approved things. That's a problem, and yeah. it needs to be it needs to be resisted. How do we think in terms of of uh, those those small incremental things that stop the slide, so that the church has the space? 
to say repent. Yeah. I don't think these are either or. I, th- or, or, or. I think there's a kind of both and strategy right. that we can look at different levels and say, there's, well, different ones of us are called at different moments to to push at different places, recognizing that ultimately Christ is the only answer. Amen. Hey, Mark, where can people go to check out the statement and read it for themselves? Yeah, there's there's uh, the website is is uh, at, at Real Clear Politics is where it's at. Uh, Liberty and Justice for All. Uh, it'll it'll come up on a Google search. All right. Um, Mark, thank you for joining. And we want to follow you and keep track of what you're doing and, and, and how this is actually progressing. Where can we do that at? Well, um, at the same place, we're going okay. to we're going to be putting together. We've got a website, and we're going to be uh, we're talking now about uh, how how to next steps, what to do. We've got uh, follow up essays that are coming out, but there's other things that need to be done, and that we're putting into the work. Realclearpolitics.com. Real clear politics, just go real clear politics and then liberty justice for all and it'll pop up. Okay. okay. Awesome. All right. If you're single, get married. If you're married, have kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them until Sunday. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politics. Mark, thank you for joining us, sir. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Americans have been traveling down the health insurance highway for decades. But lately, it's been taking us to places we don't want to go. For Christians, it's hard to know which road to take. Or is it? Samaritan Ministries provides a different direction, a biblical path for their members to pray for each other and share financially in each other's medical needs. This idea that Samaritan has adopted from the book of Acts should permeate all parts of our lives, not just health sharing. We, as a body of believers, are living out New Testament Christianity. This is what God intended for the church. Do you believe that you need an insurance company, or do you believe that God will provide your needs? And there are people that you've never met before who are going to pray for you and meet your needs. There's another way. Looking for a new direction for your health care? Visit us online at SamaritanMinistries.org.